Okay, open your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 3, verse 16. You may have seen that one around somewhere. And uh, I want to just say, first of all, that I'm, I'm so thankful to be back with my uh, church family. And uh, I love this church. There's no place I'd rather be than right here on a Sunday morning, you know, worshiping you guys. And I've, I've been in some crazy, wonderful all places all over the world, literally. And, uh, but there's just no place I'd rather be than right here on a Sunday worshiping with you guys. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, we, uh, I, 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 for those of you who may not know, uh, I'm the lead pastor, planted the church like 22 and a half years ago. And uh, so some of you guys weren't born, I know, all that. <laughs> it's kind of sobering. But, uh, but uh, it's just a joy to, to be a part of Christ Fellowship and all that the Lord's doing through us here. Um, I, I've been gone for a number of months. I've tried to, I was joking, I was texting with Jimmy yesterday going, hey man, I'm preaching for the first time in three months and I hope it's like riding a bike, you know. <laughs> I hope I haven't forgotten how to do it. Um, some of you guys are like, eh, you, you, you need to keep pedaling. Um, <laughs> Is this a good start? I don't know. Uh, but uh, we, we had so many incredible preachers kind of, you know, bringing the Word from inside of the church and from outside of the church during the last three months. It's been great. I, because of technology, I've been able to listen on Sunday afternoon to the message that was preached that morning. And we had some great guys and a few girls uh, bringing the Word. And so that was just awesome. I'm thankful. And uh, before I jump into the Scriptures uh, today couple things. One, I want to just cast a little bit of vision about the fall. I know we've got just people coming from, we've had summer going, everybody's different directions. We've got lots of new people right now in first and second service. And so I want to just, just take a minute and tell a little bit of story and point us forward in the, for the fall. So, um, you know, we planted the church so many years ago and in about 2001, I was at a world mandate, which is our student missions conference with the movement that we're a part of called Antioch. And about 5,000 people each, each year go down and, uh, or, you know, at, at, at Waco there, usually at the Farrell Center. And uh, so, so uh, we were sitting there, and Kim had read this book by one of her missionary heroes named Jackie Pullinger. So she's a famous missionary to Hong Kong, really helped turn that city upside down for Jesus. And we're sitting there, and Kim goes, whoosh, 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 you know, and I was like, what, 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 what? And, and she says, I'm sitting next to Jackie Pollinger. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's her. And uh, so she's this fireball little British missionary lady. And uh, she stands up, and she tells about how Hong Kong was her land of inheritance. And she challenged us all to know what your land of inheritance is. And at the time, the church was still up in Grapevine, where we had originally planted. And we had planted seven churches out of the church back then, even in that time. Sent out hundreds of people to start new churches in different places. And, uh, and, but we, were, we felt like the Lord was tugging on our hearts to do something different. That we weren't in our land of inheritance. And so she spoke that word, and it was like, bam, it hit us. And we began investigating Fort Worth. And we would come down and do dates down here. And uh, just starting to fall in love with the city. And, and uh, we really wanted to be close to a university. Go Frogs. We, we wanted to be close to a university where 
We could uh, help raise up young people to uh, be, just fall in love with Jesus and to impact the, the, the city and the, the university and the nations. And uh, so, so the Lord led us to literally, uh, as momentum started happening, we started talking about a headquarters for a church planning movement. He led us to actually move the whole church down here. If you didn't know that, we originally started in Grapevine, but in 2002, we moved the church. And the challenge we gave was, hey, you ne- I just was going to different people and I'd say, hey, you may never move, sell your house and move to be a missionary in Thailand or China, but will you consider selling your house and moving with us as missionaries to Fort Worth, Texas? And we had a couple hundred people do that and move down with us. And those are, that's kind of radical. You know, it's like we're all in. We're, we're selling our home and we're moving for the glory of God to be missionaries here. And uh, so here we are, 13 years later since 2002. And what I want to do is just take a couple of minutes here and hit a few highlights as we move into the fall because we're all, we've been running around during the summer doing different things, mission trips and vacations. And now we're back and just want to paint a few pictures of, of what we're doing so that everybody can kind of be on the, on the same page. Make sense? One of the deals we use is the thing called the believer's journey where, where we're trying to be intentional with every person, no matter where you're at in your journey, to help you take the next step and to bridge bridge the gap between different phases of, of the spiritual life and of being a disciple of Jesus. Our bottom line is we want people to be disciples of Jesus that are being transformed into the image of Christ. Bottom line. That's who we are. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're about. A couple of amens out there. Okay, so we're going to continue pursuing this development of this track, trying to help people grow and grow up in God. I'm excited to, to let you guys know, if you don't already know, James Albright, who preached last week, is our new life group pastor, life groups pastor, and, and he's got vision for what's going to be happening with life groups, helping to raise up leaders, do trainings and all kinds of things to help this house-to-house part of what we do as a church be all it's supposed to be. We really believe that there's two main components of the church, the house-to-house piece and what happens in the big meetings that we do, like this one. You know, it's kind of like two wings of a, a bird. You don't have to keep that picture in your mind. Um, so, but but it's, it's really important. James is leading out. Awesome. James was the college pastor. And I'll just jump into college right now because Ben is now the college pastor. And we're excited Ben's here. And we're excited about the influence and impact that we have prayed about for over a decade to happen on the TCU campus. And I mean, you guys, I just want to encourage you. We are believing for great things to happen on the campus. And uh, just it's an exciting time. It's not just that we want to see, we do want to see disciples made, but we also want to see people empowered to get into ultimately your calling and what God has for you as a person and you know, as a, as a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church that plants churches in the nations. We would love to see people be involved. No matter what your vocation is, we would like to see you be involved in that whole process of making a difference in this city and in our Judea and Samaria, let's call that the rest of the United States, and in the nations of the earth. Okay, so that's a piece about college there. I'm excited about what's going on with college. CF Kids would be another area for us. We've got great children's pastors that, and again, I'm just trying to, this is what's going on. You may not, everybody may not know what's going on. We've got great children's pastors that are doing all kinds of stuff, and they believe that those children aren't just being kind of 
babysat over there, but that they're an integral part of the whole church, and they are the future leaders of the church, they're the future leaders of our movement. And, uh, you know, one of the things they, they're even doing, in addition to teaching and training classes like we just saw, they are also uh, giving discipleship times made available in, they call it core for kids, where adults come in and actually disciple the kids and start teaching them in the basic practices of what it means to be a disciple and to help make disciples, which is what we're trying to do. Discipleship, I would even say, I just want to highlight discipleship in general for us. We're refocusing yet again. You don't get this thing figured out. Now, we've, we've been doing this a long time, but you just, you're always needing to re-up. And this fall, we want to re-up on one-on-one, on -one life-giving, life-on-life discipleship relationships with other people because we want to be people. You guys, we're not just uh, uh, Christians that are going to heaven when we die and we kind of know the right answers and we say the right answers to God and then we get into heaven. We actually want to be disciples that are following Jesus Christ right now with our lives. Does that make sense? That's, that's what we're about. Okay, moving into the fall, moving forward. Uh, the youth. To, to touch base on the youth, you guys are just doing awesome right now. Mike is out of town today, the youth pastor, but I'm so proud of, this, of these guys, the way you're growing and developing spiritually, even numerically, and uh, uh, they had a mission trip to the Dominican Republic, and they got to lead over 100 people to Christ on that, on that deal. And I know that that stirs, that stirs their hearts up. It obviously had an, makes an eternal difference in the life of everybody who said yes to Jesus. You know? So it's just a big deal. Thankful for the youth and all the things God's going to do there as well. Um, outreach things. We are uh, a missional people. We are the people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God. And as missional people, we want to share Jesus everywhere we go. In our lives, live out loud. Uh, we want to be that kind of a, uh, a people, you know, for, for Jesus. And so that means in my work, my neighborhood, in my life group, in all these different contexts, I want to, we want to be people on mission. But I also want to highlight a couple, just three things that are special focuses for us this fall. We're doing this thing called Read to Win, and we're adopt, we've adopted West Cliff or Creek? West Creek Elementary School. And um, so Amaretha Frank, uh, Freeman, who's one of our members here, is the counselor there, and she's the point person for us on the campus. And it's that whole thing about how kids' lives are impacted when we do the justice work of helping them to read. All the crime statistics and jail statistics that are averted and subverted by us getting outside of these four walls and making a difference as we reach out into our community. Angel Tree. There's another, we've got some, uh, a lot of great connections to Prison Fellowship and Angel Tree, and we actually get to target our own zip code right here around the building. And, and uh, what Angel Tree does is we give gifts at Christmas time to the children of incarcerated parents so, or, or caregivers. And so, uh, so that's, you know, we, we, we do that. It's a wonderful thing that happens around Christmas in the December month usually. And uh, what was else? Uh, Unbound, which is our anti-slavery movement within the movement of Antioch. Unbound. So we're fighting against sex trafficking and slavery, modern-day slavery. And you go, modern-day slavery? Hey, it's happening. It's, the, it's a real thing. I-35 is a major corridor for that. I-20 is another major corridor. So we're here in a place where we can you know, make a difference. Uh, unbound. Last couple things to mention. 
Uh, James Albright, once again, you get a double mention. Uh, James is our missions pastor as well, and he is helping us. To, we've got a, a new church plant that's getting ready to go to Southeast Asia. It'll be the beginning of next year, middle of next year, 2016. They just got back from a survey trip, and uh, James is helping to facilitate that. James also leads the church planting school. And so, you know, again, I just want to say to everybody, it, there's not a ceiling at Christ Fellowship. I mean, even if you were called to, like, go do this whole thing all, you know, somewhere else, there is a place for raising you up as disciples, going through the training school, the discipleship school, going through the church planting school, and going and doing it somewhere else. I'm looking right here at somebody that just came back from a church, our church plant in Hawaii, uh, Conan and Lindy Pinkston, and, um, you know, they did that whole process, that that whole process went and helped plant the church, impact lives, make a difference for the kingdom of God. And now they're back here. And I'm, I'm glad you guys are in Fort Worth. You know, all that makes sense. Uh, maybe the last thing to highlight would be prayer. You know, right now, you guys, uh, prayer uh, is we've got a women's prayer thing that's happening on Wednesday mornings from 1030 to 1230. If you've got time and you're a lady, I guess a guy could crash it. It'd be weird. Yeah, don't, don't, just, it's for women. Um, and so, uh, what's the other? Oh, the prayer house. Prayer house on Wednesday nights, at, uh, and uh, it has different focus each Wednesday night. There's prayer going on right again in the prayer and equipping room. One other thing I was going to mention was the women. So our women's ministry this this fall, we're cranking up. We've got a Bible study called Together. There's going to be a conference here. The IF conference is going to be here in September. In November, uh, our women are going down to Antioch and Waco for the uh, Caroline, Dr. Caroline Leaf conference on, what is it on? <laughs> getting rid of toxic thinking and getting your head right and renewed in God. Okay, something like that. Is that good? Yeah. Okay, the, the point there in sharing all that is, you go, wow, that was a lot. I just want everybody to know there's a lot going on. And we need everybody involved, contributing, being a part, you know, time, energy, life. The more you contribute yourself and give of yourself the more you get to enjoy what's going on here and that's just that's a principle of the kingdom you know when you invest you get to reap uh, from that so John 3:16 here we go where's my clock okay John 3:16 haven't spoken in 3 months how long am i going to preach <laughs> John 3:16 so this is kind of where we're going in this, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, some of you guys may go in, why haven't you preached in three months? Well, I was on a sabbatical. And so I just had pulled back. Two months of that was sabbatical and then some other time was some family time. But, but I had pulled back and I had two main words going into this sabbatical. And one was, and I got it dramatically from a bunch of different people, was rest. God wanted me to rest. And the other one was delight in God. So rest, anybody think this is a good plan? Rest and delight in God. And the reason that I'm telling you that is it was important for me because they became, those words became like riverbanks that helped me when I was, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I get real, I can like, you know, squirrel, you know, uh, you know, just easily distracted sometimes, sometimes, not, not all, not all the time, but sometimes easily distracted. And so I needed that, like, no, I'm not trying to 
plan out the next 10-year multi-galactic vision of Christ Fellowship, you know, the intergalactic course of history or whatever. I'm just supposed to rest in God. And, uh, you know, it takes faith to rest. That was another word somebody had for me. It takes, Jamie, it takes faith. It's going to take faith for you to actually do this. And I got to hear the Lord speak in lots of wonderful ways. Uh, one time I was up in uh, Colorado. And uh, go ahead and flash that, that picture up there. And I, a, a storm was coming in. And uh, I'd been praying for hours, literally. And I, I was saying, Lord, speak to me. And I just put my phone up on the... As the storm was coming in, I put my phone up on the window. And I, I videoed. And that's the frame of a lightning bolt striking a tree about 60 feet a little bit further than the back wall. It'd be like the next back wall. But 60 feet away, uh, a, a lightning bolt. It's like, bam! And the, the fire alarm things start going off in the house. You know, boop, boop, boop. And, and I, I'm lucky I didn't say, mama! You know, or something, because it scared the dog out of me. And, uh, and, but that was the picture. And I shared that with my brother. He said, Jamie, that's like a burning bush or something. And my own dad, who's... Not the most charismatic guy said, Jamie, have you been praying about something? I think the Lord's trying to speak to you. And sure enough, I looked at the verses for lightning and I mean, it's like God's speaking. I speak through the thunder and the lightning and, and I go before you and I fight your battles. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to show that too is because I had this fear that because my words were rest and delight in God, that's not real exciting. And so I knew somebody was going to say, well, yeah, rest and delight in God, but did something cool happen? I mean, did God really, you know, you're on the mountain. Did something cool, exciting happen? I'm like, yeah, look at my phone. There you go. <laughs> something cool really happened. He spoke. It's awesome. And, uh, but overall, just kind of summing up the sabbatical, I sensed a, a calling to go back to the basics that I felt like was for me and for the church, just back to the basics. And it's, a lot of it has to do with uh, what got exposed for me in the sabbatical. You know, Richard Foster years ago wrote a famous book called Celebration of Discipline. And in that book, it was like the late 70s, he said the number one challenge facing the American church is distraction. Distraction. Okay, late 70s. That's before all the like high-tech uh, cable services, you know, the dish TV. That's before the internet. Internet hadn't, he's like, the main thing is distraction. Internet hadn't been involved, you know, I'm not, not going to say the thing about Al Gore. Okay, so, so no internet. Smartphones didn't exist. Now, anybody like feel like maybe a smartphone might be a distraction at times? Oh, come on. <laughs> Jeepers. <laughs> it's a distraction. So, I mean, I use it for all kinds of good stuff. But also, you know, it's like you can just be distracted with the thing. There's no more like open-ended hanging arguments anymore. Well, I guess we'll just never know. I guess we just won't be able to solve that. I look over, you know, and she's... What are you doing? I'm getting the answer to that thing you said you thought you were sure about, but not, not totally. So you can Google all that stuff, right? So distraction. So what happened was, as I tried to get still and silent, dial down, I realized, man, I am so prone to distraction. I need to go back to the basics. I need to go back to just, just walking with the Lord, praying. Um, when we were starting the church, a lot of us were into uh, a lot of these prayer guys from the 
1300s, 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, you know, Brother Lawrence and Madame Guyon and Michael Molinas and all these, all these guys that were teaching us about uh, a prayer and stuff. And so just a call back, back to the basics. And with that as a backdrop, I want to introduce this, this series this morning that I'm calling The Good Life. Because the good life is actually lived out as we walk along the path of doing the basics. That's where the good life actually gets lived out. Jesus said, I have come that they might have, that you might have life and have it abundantly. Have, have a good life. Have a good, full, rich, abundant life. That's why Jesus came. He came to bring us into His life. And if you've lived very long, you know that you've either tried not journeying with Jesus and found that, hey man, this is a ditch. This is brokenness. This sin is killing me. It's, it's, it's sapping the energy out of me. I, I, I've lost all my joy. Versus living life with Jesus. Life in His presence, that's where we find the fullness of joy. So it's a promise. And so there's all this... Uh, I don't know how much I need to illustrate this, but it's like, if think about the ways people live broken lives trying to live the good life where everybody's trying to do it it's not just a christian or not christian thing everybody's trying to live the good life what their version of it is and it could be pursuing money power pleasure possessions gold glory girls you know whatever the thing is but but the the good life is truly found in god and in life and in fellowship with jesus and that's what we're talking about over the next few weeks because uh, and I'm going to start today with he's good. Uh, that's kind of where you where you start. My friend Kevin Johnson teaches that God is good is like the it's like the top button on your shirt. It's just that's how you you really want to put your shirt on and get it not eh, you know get to the bottom you know and it's eh, eh, you know you got to start with the top button and the top button is that God is good. Make sense? But God is good. And so, we want to be disciples, learners, followers that are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. I just can't say that enough. And that's the good life. That is the life that we, for which we were made uh, to live. And so I'm going to say it this way in one sentence. This is the whole message in a soundbite. A basic first step in the path of the good life is to believe that God is good. To believe that, let's say it together, God is good. You know, years ago we used to say, God is good. Church would say, all the time. And I'd say, all the time, God is good. And it's like a, it's kind of a little cheesy, but it's liturgically implanting a very important seed into our lives. To say it and to believe it that God is good. God is good. It's the top button. It's one of the most basic things we learn about God in creation is that He's good. You learn He's good because of the creation that He makes. He makes creation. All the earth. Plants. Animals. All those things. And He says, it's good. It's good. It's good. He makes humans. It's good. Human beings. Man and woman. He said, it's good. And it shows us His heart. Psalm 118, verse 29 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. And what you see in that one verse, which that thing is said over and 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 over in the Bible. God is good and His love endures forever. We connect those two ideas because 
love for somebody, if I love Ben, then I'm going to express that in doing good toward Ben. Okay, that's what, that's what love looks like. It looks like doing good for somebody. Whether it's your spouse, or your children, or your friends, it's doing good to them. Or your enemies, you know, it's doing good to them on, on their behalf. And that's, where, that's how goodness and love are merged. And we need to think about it like that. So, wow, God's good. What's the problem? Why can't we just kind of believe that and move on down the road? Let's talk about it. Number one, the reason we can't is because the big question since the fall is the opposite of that. It's a doubting kind of question that says, is God good? Is God good? Or as Satan says to the serpent says to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.1, did God really say? Did God really say? Is that, is that what God really... Is God really have your best interests at heart? And since the fall, humanity has fundamentally and foundationally believed a lie about God. And believing that lie about God, that God isn't good, and He's not loving, He's not kind, believing that lie about God, what it does is it cuts off something that we need in our soul. We, we, it's, it's a life-giving like water to our soul to know that God's good. But when that's cut off, it's like, it's like our soul just kind of shrivels up. You know, there's, it, there's, there's something missing. And so without that knowledge that He's good and He's loving and He's for me and filling that, that, that need in my life, I'm going to just go around trying to find meaning and love from other people, things, situations. Is it working out right? And I become anxious and uptight, you know, and maybe you can fill this thing inside of me. Make sense? It's a story. It's tragic, but it's, it's our story. It's the story of mankind since the fall. And so there's this doubting going on. Adam and Eve, they take the fruit, they eat the fruit, and their eyes are opened. And what happens? They say, oh wow, we're naked. Let's Fig leaves. Got the fig leaf thing going. Then God comes walking in the cool of the day just like He normally would with them. They're like, whoa, God. And here's their first decision. The first judgment made by Adam and Eve since receiving the knowledge of good and evil is, whoa, God's coming in. we got to hide. Let's go get in the trees and hide here from God. First judgment is, God's not good. God's scary. God's somebody we need to run from where He had been somebody they were walking with, talking with. Make sense? Uh, so, it's a big deal. In our darkness, we, can't, we don't think rightly about God. In our darkness, because of our judgment, we think that God's not good and that we should hide from Him. And, that, that, and here's the thing. In our darkness, we can't think rightly about God. In our darkness, we think we think rightly about God, but we can't think rightly about God. I wish I could offer you more hope. In our darkness, we can't do it. In our darkness, we can even take the Bible and come up with reasons for killing other people. Being mean to other people. And doing things that don't look anything like doing good to them or loving them. Make sense? So, I'm going to say more about that. There's hope. And it's, it's in Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer there. He's like, that's kind of heavy. So, how does God get through to us? 
He, because he does love us and he gets through to us with Jesus. A great illustration of what this looks like is if you could flash this next picture up. That is our dog, Maggie. And uh, she's, she's wonderful. She's a great dog. She's 11 years old this month. And a great part of the family. We've told her for many years because she's just emotionally a little bit insecure. We've told her that she has a hope and a future, that she's going to be somebody. She has not believed us yet to this point. We have continued to consider doggy counseling. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing is we love this dog. We love this dog like crazy. We hug her and pet her stomach and she looks at us, you know, and, and give her little kisses on the head. And, and the other day, Kim was, had, we just fed her and, and Kim was coming. She said, Maggie, and was coming up behind her, just real gentle, tender. Kim, gentle, tender. And she, she touches Maggie from behind and Maggie goes... <laughs> And she goes, oh my goodness, Jamie, come here. And, and, and she said, Maggie, I love you. You're loved here. You're somebody in our family. And she touches her again. She... <laughs> if you know Maggie, you know how true this is. But we thought, man, what a picture of us. How many disciple relations, discipling things I've learned from my dog. But I mean, like, how many, you know, God loves us. He sent Jesus for us, you know, and He comes close and it's... You know, it's like we're afraid. We're running from God. And so the the question is, is God good? And the answer is in Jesus, yes, God is good. God is good. God is good. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes... In Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So, absolutely huge. And you see it throughout the New Testament that uh, God works good for those who love Him and call according to His purpose. The New Testament says it in so many ways, but the focal point of how God says it isn't just in the words that are written down, but are in the Word made flesh. Jesus Christ. This is the focal point of how God demonstrates to us that He's good. Colossians 1.15 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's revealing God's heart to us. He's showing us that He's good, that God is a good God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says, Jesus is the exact representation of God and of His glory. He's the exact representation. He is, he is like, like all that God is, He reveals to us in the flesh in Jesus as the Word. So, Jesus is the only one who's ever seen God. So, the deal is, when we come up with, just apart from Jesus, that's why people can read the Bible and come up with crazy, crazy stuff that has nothing to do with the heart of God because if we interpret the Bible in our darkness, we're going to miss how good God really is. Jesus is the light of the world that has come into the darkness and He's the one that we see what God's really like by looking to Him. Is this shaky? Are we on the limb here? About the, or is this just like really solid? Yeah, I mean, Jesus is the light of the world. And we can grope around all our whole lives apart from Him. There is no other way to see what God is really like. Philip asked Jesus one time, 
Well, just show us the Father. And Jesus says to him, well, you've seen Me. If you've seen Me, then you've seen the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. I am the revelation of God and His glory and what He's like. So, pretty huge for us in understanding this that, that Jesus is showing us what God's goodness looks like. I would say even that uh, the focal point of Jesus showing us that is on the cross. This verse we read from John 3.16. Because it's there we see this self-sacrificing, self-giving, while we were still enemies, Jesus came and does this. I mean, so it's, it's the cross there where we see that this is what the good God's love looks like. He's laying down His life for us. Well, I mean, there's other ways you see it too. You know, if you just look at the life of Jesus, you see what a good God looks like. So, if you're a child and you come running toward Jesus, what are you going to see? You're going to see Jesus welcoming you as a little child. Let's be like children. Go running to Jesus like a little child. If you're a sinner, got any sinners in the room? Woo! Glory! Y'all shot me down on that. That was tentative. <laughs> but what does Jesus do with sinners? He welcomes sinners. He came for sinners. He forgives sinners. Just going around proclaiming forgiveness. I forgive you. You're forgiven. Wow. And now be healed too, by the way. What's He do with sick people? Heals them. What's He do with lepers? Cleanses them. What's He do with the dead people? Raises them. You know, if you're feeling dead today, come to Jesus. He's good. He wants to bring life into your heart. Now, he was angry too. There's, there's, there's times when Jesus is hard and He's serious. And it's, but, but remember who it's with. Who is it with? It's with self-righteous people. So don't be self-righteous. Humble yourself before the Lord. And, um, and avoid that, that kind of side of Him. But He's, he's good. He, you know, if you're a sinner, sick, child, broken, you come to the right place. God is good. He's good. All the time, He's, he's good. He's faithful. He's generous. He's kind. That's why Jesus comes. So that we can see all of this in God. I, I, I'm just trying to... You know, that's, this is preaching. It's the way it is. It's like you got something that's in there and you're, just, ah, you're trying to get it out where people can hear it. 1 John 4, verse 10 says that this is love, not that we first loved God, but that He first loved us and gave His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So He is, he is showing us what love looks like. He's showing us what that goodness of His love looks like to us in the cross. And it's all there for us. And it just puts everything into perspective now. Okay, wow, God is good. And it changes my whole life for moving forward. Just in the basics of life. So i got a few little blanks there for you. In believing. Okay, so, so the, what I'm called to in this, and it helps me to understand the Gospel. What the Gospel's really about. You know, believing in Jesus. Uh, John 17, verse 3. Jesus says, this is eternal life. Now this is eternal life that they may know You, the only God in Jesus Christ whom You've sent. Now, why am I saying that's belief? It's because 
a lot of times we get belief disconnected from actually living life. And belief isn't just like, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. And God's like, hmm, okay, you got a 93, that's going to pass. You know, or you got a 63, that's not going to pass. That's not the way it works. It's a belief that's like, it touches my life. Like I experience God because I believe in Him. It's, 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 it'd, be, it'd be like uh, uh, Brian or, or Randy's my doctor, and Randy gives me a prescription, and, and, but I go, and I just I don't do anything about it. Like he knows what's going to help me, but I don't do anything about it. That wouldn't really be believing in Randy as a doctor. That's kind of what I'm saying. Does that make sense? So there's, a, there's life and action connected with it. So, so believe, repent is like a key part of actually believing the Gospel. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14, this is the, the real clear beginning of the Gospel statement of what, what Jesus preached. Uh, after John was in prison, Jesus went out into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. And this is it. The time has come, He said. The kingdom of God is, is, is near. Repent and believe the good news. So the time's here. I'm here. I've come. Repent and believe the good news. So that's the Gospel according to Jesus. Basically saying, I've come to make things right. Get your life in line with Me. Because everything's changing. I'm going to make everything right. Okay? So repent just means I'm going this way and I get in line with Jesus. That's what repentance means. It's a change of mind. Metanoia is the Greek word just means I'm changing my mind repent get your thinking in line with God so that's kind of how we move forward in this believe repent obey we are disciples of Christ and uh, you know I, I think depending on what our background is and our temptation toward performance you know it's it's we hear the word obedience and we go no I'm just I'm believing and but it's it's holistic and the way I want to say it is Yes, we are actually called to do stuff. And our doing, if you can imagine our doing, like in this circle right here where my hands are, that's our doing in our life, is all inside of the done of Jesus. Okay, so Jesus has done it. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the life. Me believing it doesn't change that. That's, and, and so my response to Him and my freedom in Him is all inside of He's done it. I can't do it. He did it when I was an enemy to Him. Somebody. Oh, amen. So, uh, those are some... You know, just Okay, let, let me just back up. I'm going to boil it down to one... You know, Jesus basically said, my commands, they're not burdensome. It's not heavy. You know, John says that. His commands aren't burdensome. It's basically love God and love each other. We can't do that on our own apart from the power of God in us and this life being lived through us and expressed through us. We're going to talk more about that next week. But uh, that's how it happens. That's what it is. Just learn to love would be like a huge win for the kingdom and what his, He's trying to do on the earth. Those are some basic handles for us. going to go back to the basics. What did we talk about today? God is good. Yeah, we got a question out there. The question's kind of floating around. What's the question? Is God good? But there's an answer that comes in whom? Yeah, Jesus. And He says God is good. So, I've got a, a friend who preached here. Actually, her name's Alexia Meek. 
and she preached uh, back at the beginning of June. And I can't, I can't remember if she told the story or not, but uh, she was a missionary to Sri Lanka back in 04, or 05 after the tsunami at the end of 04. And uh, a village was wiped out there. They raised a million, million and a half dollars to rebuild those, the, uh, all those homes. They planted a church there in this little restoration village in Sri Lanka. And uh, she's working, she's leading, she's doing all the stuff that she was doing. And part of her story is that her mom died giving birth to her. So her mom died literally on her birthday, right? Well, on her birthday, she gets a call from Kevin Johnson, who's the director for Antioch down there in Waco. And he says, uh, Lexi, I have some bad news for you. I, we just found out that your father, and this was on her birthday, that your father killed himself. And she just literally, the weight of it just crushed her down. She was in a phone booth or something. She's literally on the, on the ground, just crushed under the weight of this. And remember, it's Kevin who had said the, the goodness of God. God is good is the top button. And after a while, she said, you know, she kind of collected herself and, and she said, I don't know how long it's going to take to walk this journey out. I don't know what all the future means or will bring. But I want to say in faith, Kevin, right now, that my top button is buttoned. That God is good. And I just want to just, as we're finishing, as we're getting ready to go into the, the fall for the students, and, and just, it's, and really even for everybody else, it's, it, if you've got kids and stuff, our whole rhythm kind of moves forward right now. And I just want to say, let's build lives that are on, that based on this, just the basics of of walking this out, that God really is good. You've got to know this in your heart. If you're confused about it, look to Jesus. Remember the cross. God is good. God is good. God is good. And it's in His presence that we learn to really live. And you know, I can tell you, I get off track on this thing from time to time and I need to be recalibrated. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And whether you're old in the journey or brand new in the journey or about to start the journey, this thing about God being good is absolutely critical to living life and to making it and to being not just a, a mopey kind of survivor, but somebody who's got the grace of God flowing through their lives and they're making a difference in the world around them. It's, it's, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And that's the call. Worship team, ministry team, if you would come on up and and uh, again, if you're new, we, just, we always take a little bit of time here at the end of the service just to respond like, Lord, what are You saying to me right now? And it may be that you need to get some prayer. You know, just to, just to have somebody just agree, say, this thing's going on in my heart. Or I'm struggling with the idea that God is good. Would you pray for me? Or I need to see Jesus. Or I want to start this journey. Or I've been away from the Lord and I want to reconnect my heart and life with Jesus Christ and this idea of being a disciple who's really intentionally trying to follow Jesus Christ. But, you know, you may have just all different kind of life circumstances going on right now. I don't know what everybody's going through, but if you're hurting, God wants to meet you. If you're sick, we want to pray for you and pray that God's healing power, His goodness would be released in your life. If you want to start the journey or if you want to re-up on this thing, Man, what a day. Right now is a great time to say yes to God. It's a great day. Today's the day of salvation. It's a, it's a right now time. 
If that's any of that stirring in your heart, don't, don't leave without getting some help. Don't leave without somebody praying for you. The front will fill up. You know, get prayer. But get prayer from somebody there close by if, if the front fills up. We love you, Lord. We need you. Shape us. Change us. Mold us. And Lord, remove the lie. Remove the lie in the name of Jesus that you're not good. Lord, and we would, I pray that we would settle this thing like the top button on a shirt. Lord, that you are good. And Jesus, we see that you show us that God is good.